Thank you very much. First Corinthians chapter number one. I'm sorry, second Corinthians. I'm, I'm back here in first, huh? Second Corinthians chapter number four, verse one. First Corinthians four. I get it right. My message had changed. <laughs> I did not work on this yesterday. But the Lord showed me this morning, I need to continue. So I'm going to teach today on volume number five. Paul preached Christ. But I'm going to talk about today so I'm going to give you my subject in just a moment. I'm gonna, this is what we're going to talk about. How to receive what God has done for you. This, this may not be everybody's message, but it's going to be for somebody that's made it into the house of the Lord this morning. How to receive what God has done for you. Because if you don't know how to receive it, you'll never have it. I'm going to show you in the Word that God has done everything. But he's looking for some believers. I'm not talking about talkers. I'm talking about believers. Only believers are going to be able to have the thing God has for their life. Let me say it again. Only believers are going to be able to have what God has for their life. A lot of people are going to see it, but they won't enter in. Not into the thing that God had done for them that love him. The Bible told us that God, what God had done for them that love him, but God. That's why there's a whole lot of stuff God has done for you. But until you do two words, hear, look at somebody over there and say, you got to hear first. And then look at somebody else and say, you got to believe. Those are the two things that you got to do. So our job today is to say to the church, what do God want me to do? See, I have a responsibility you got a responsibility. And then the Holy Spirit have a responsibility. He can't do your job for you. You can't do your job, his, his job. My job is to make sure you get instructions and knowledge from God. But your job is to hear. Somebody ought to pick it up by now. Come on, you got to know your job. Say, my job is to. To hear God, to hear God, and believe God. If you don't do those two words, you violate everything God got for your life. My responsibility is to, every day of my life, my wife will tell you, I'm sold out to what God has for my life. When you come in here this morning, I got your message. I got what you need from the Lord. That's my responsibility. I had to hear it from him, believe it from him, pass it on to you who you got to hear it, and now you believe it. And the Holy Ghost now is going to show you what God has for your life. Here we go. Romans, I'm sorry, I got to get this out of the way first. On the first Corinthians chapter 4, I wish I could mail the tape to you. First Corinthians 4, 1, King James. I'm going to do first Corinthians now, I'm sorry. First Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. I'm just going to do the scripture I do for the series. First Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Are we there? Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. 
Moreover, it's required in steward that a man be found faithful. Now, that's the person who God gave the word to, which is now your pastor. And verse number 14, 15, 16, we're going to do those three verses, then I'm going to give you the service. Verse number 14. Here we go. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. I, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Say, in Christ Jesus. I have begotten you through the gospel. Now, that's one of the greatest things that people are going to have to hear and believe because people do not understand. Believe me, out of 41 or 42 years, there was a lot of stuff I did not understand because I had been deceived. So there had been so much God was showing me, but I did not hear it and believe it because I thought the people who I was listening to and I heard from knew God's voice. And I realized not many people hear from God. Not many people God talked to personally. There are people that it happened to, but there are not many. And I'm here to help those few people that hear God's voice but they got to believe. And until that happens, God will be patient with you. And then he'll move on to somebody else. I'm telling you right now. When God got ready to build the ark, he had to find Noah. And I guarantee you he'd been talking to Noah quite a while. But this morning, Noah heard him say, it's going to rain. Lord, it never rain. It's getting ready to rain. I need somebody to build me an ark. I'll build it, Lord. You got 40 days. When you finish, it's going to rain. Noah went out and told the people, it's getting ready to rain. I need you boys to help me build an ark. I got 40 days and 40 nights. It's going to rain. I got to have this thing ready. What if that were you? It never rained. God was looking for somebody who would hear his voice and believe what he says. He didn't have time to wait on nobody to stagger at his word. Here's Abraham. Abraham has got off that same boat of Noah. Now he was a little child. Now he's growing up. And here God wants somebody to do something. So he come to a man called Abraham, Abram at that time. He said, Abraham, I need you to leave this place. I want you to go to the place I got for you. Abraham ended up in Egypt. I'm giving you that because you got to believe God, although you end up where God told you you weren't supposed to be. God told you where you're going when you left home. Hold on to that. Bump somebody say you got to hold on to that. Because you could end up somewhere else, but God told you we're going to the land of promise, the land where there's plenty, place where there's nothing like it, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what you got to hold on to. And Abraham ended up into a land where he didn't have nothing. Even his wife would take it. But he held on to what God says. And then later on, God came to him and told him, okay, it's time to leave this place. But the man who kept you promise, kept you from my promises, I'm getting ready to take you to your promised land. And everything that I promise you, I want this man to start giving it to you. This man going to start giving it to you today. So he blessed Abraham. He blessed him again. He blessed him. He blessed. Then he left out there. He said, oh, now, now, now go to where I told you. But then he ended up having an Isaac and a Jacob and a Joseph. They all end up in Egypt. And God says, mm, I told them they were going to the promised land. Moses, 
I want you to go and we're going to take them out now because it's enough for them to be able to take care of what I promised them. Sometimes you ain't big enough to take care of what God promised you. He got to enlarge your mind. When God told us about this church to buy this land, the man told me $3.5 million. My wife and I looked at one another and we just like, what are we going to do? We're going to have to hear God and believe God. I told the man, I set up my fear. I said, well, build it. Let's build it. We ain't have no money. We had a big God. Father, I thank you for your grace today, your mercy, your love, your Holy Spirit. And we give you all the praise and the glory. Help the people to hear my voice. Help the people to hear your voice. Help the people to believe your word. And we give you the praise and the glory for the understanding. In the name of our Lord Jesus, you can be seated. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoy those seats. That's what I want you to do when you sit down. Like, oh, Lord. God wants somebody here. Don't forget your responsibility. You're, you're going to have to fight. That's where your fight going to come in at. Anytime somebody know you're hearing, they'll try to interrupt that. And you have to let them know, hey, hey, hey. Can't talk now. I got to hear what God just says. I'm going to show you this principle in your life. This is how your pastor get his word every Sunday. For every Sunday. You got to hear God and you got to believe God. You got to come to a place where you know it's God who said it. Because there are many voices. Many voices, but only one God. First Corinthians chapter number four. And verse number 15, that's where we're at now. First Corinthians 4, 15, Paul is warning his son. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For I have begotten you through the gospel. How did Paul say he had begotten them? Through the gospel. You are born of the Spirit through the gospel. Verse 16, wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. You got many people out there who tell you they know the word. But you got to follow your father in ministry who's following God. Now, we're going to go to, now once again, we're talking about how to receive what God has done for you. Let me show, give you a little bit of what God has done for you. Go to Romans chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 6 through verse 11. And we're going to read it out of the NLT. You may not have your NLT with you, that's okay, but we got it on our screen, so you'll be able to look at it. Some of you probably have any NLT at home, but I'm ministering to not just you here, I'm ministering to my brother out there in Columbia who talked to me the other day. Good morning from the Door of Faith Christian Church. All right, now, Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. The gospel, you probably heard me say this before. I think Minister Yancey caught this one time. And I said this, and I, cause I heard him because he repeated it, so I say he got it. When you really hear the gospel, it's going to take the Holy Spirit to help you believe. The gospel is so good. It shows how good God is until you, it's hard to believe. You just cannot believe God did that. And I can show you scripture after scripture after scripture 
Because my job is to give you one thing, and that is knowledge, information, instruction. So if you're keeping notes, you've got to understand, that's what I got to give you. Information, instructions, knowledge. That's what it's really called. I put my word info down there. See, that's my job. Now, Romans, let me give you some info. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. I'm reading to you out of the NLT. If you can read the screen, you will see what the NLT says. When we were utterly helpless. Now, remember, I, I don't have the cross up here right now because we have praises. But everybody in here has, has a vision of the cross, haven't you? You've seen the cross. Okay, so when I say the cross, you know what you're looking at. So when we were helpless, everything that you got coming to you in the new covenant, you're on this side of the cross. You're not on the other side of the cross. If Judas Iscariot had stayed alive for three more days, he would, be de he would have been declared righteous. If Judas had stayed alive, like I told you, the gospel is so good, you can't believe it. You're like, huh? He turned in Christ. Well, what have you done? It's worse than turning in Christ, I guarantee you. But Judas sold out Christ for 30 pieces of silver. But if he had stayed alive, and what did he do? He hung himself, took his own life, committed suicide. If he had stayed alive three more days, he would have been declared righteous by God. He would declare not guilty. Christ would have died for his sins. Christ would have forgiven him in three days. See, that's the gospel. So when Christ died on the cross, that's why I messed with Minister Yancey because that's what I said to him. This is what I want you to learn as a son in this ministry. Christ died for our sins. Remember that? Sounds like it's just a little assignment. But I'm going to show you in the word Christ died for all men's sins. See, that's what we don't want to get. We're, whoa, everybody? Yeah, everybody. President, president too. All right, the pro ex, him too. He he died. He died for him too. Now all men don't get what God did for them, because that's the message. The message is how to receive what God has done for you. Before you turned to God, or before you knew God, God already knew you. But before you came to God, he opened up your heart and allowed you to be saved. Before that happened, you didn't want God neither. Now y'all just like, not me. <laughs> you didn't care nothing about God. You didn't care if you ever saw God or not. People ask you to come to church. Now, girl, <laughs> praise God. You ain't going to church. We go everywhere we want to go, but we wouldn't go to church. My point is this. We can't look at nobody that's worse than we are. Because there's nobody any worse than you. Because we were all sinners. We were all lost. We were all of Adam. And we, in Adam, all died. We were all dead in sin.
So the Bible is not written to just good people. They're all right folk. The Bible is written so people who were sinners can find out that God just didn't save me when I got good. God saved me when I was yet in sin. Christ died for me. Before I knew anything about him, he already died for me. So what I'm doing, I'm coming into knowledge of what he's already done. I, I used a door this morning. In that door, I had my brother. We was in our time with the Lord this morning. And in that door, I use this pulpit as a door. We're going to go back to where I was, but right now, write that down. That's why y'all help me out, for I know where I'm supposed to be, because I'm going to be all over the place by the day. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm going to show you two verses. You hear me always say Jesus Christ has already come to the people he's supposed to come to. He's not coming back to you like that. Because I know. I'm, one day you'll find out. The Bible already told you, but one day you'll find out. Right now I want to go to Revelation 3, and we want to look at verse 20. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Now I plan on doing this later, but I'm going to do this right now, just this part. And then I want you to put down Luke 12, 35 through 40. We're going to use King James. Luke 12, 35 through 40. And then we want to go to Revelation 320. We're going to do Revelation 320 first. Now, I use the pulpit as the door. Because when you come to Christ, you come through the door. But just say this was you. And God wants to live in you. You. Everybody know why God created them, right? God won't live in you. He won't live in your house. So what happened at the cross? He bought all the houses. Not, not your house no more. See, that's what you got people like. What? Yeah. Don't you remember God says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and then they that dwell the world and then they that dwell there. Everything belongs to God. So at the cross, God bought you out. He bought everything. I want somebody to find me this here. Sister Crump, that's going to be your assignment. He bought the whole field to get a pearl. Remember that? So when God found what he wanted, he bought everything. That's what happened on the cross. So that's why the Bible says, you are not your own. Remember that? 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 6. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your spirit and your body, which belong to God. Do you understand that? He bought us out at the cross. Now, he bought the house. So, Revelation 3.20, put it on the screen. So, Revelation 3.20, he talks about the door. Remember, your heart is the door. Behold, I stand at the door. Your heart is the door. And what do God do? He just knock. Every time you hear a preacher preaching, every time you hear auntie ask you to come to church, grandma, get up and go to church, he's still knocking. What does he want to do? I need the screen. I can't see without the screen. I don't have my Bible. There we go. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man 
Hear my voice. What he wants you to do. Come on, I need you to stay in order. Don't go where somewhere. He's knocking. He wants you to hear his voice. Because a whole lot of folk who has tried to get in that life for you got, you wouldn't let them in there. Remember that girl who said she loved you? Praise God. My heart been broke before. No. You mean when that guy said, oh, I love you, baby? No. Nobody get in this heart again. And then here come God. No. I want to come into your life. No. My heart been broke before. No. He wants you to hear his voice. What's next? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open. You can't open the heart from the outside. Only the person on the inside can open the heart. So what God wants you to do, let him in. You got to let him in. He don't want to be in your life if you don't want him there. Look at somebody and say, you got to let him in. See, if you don't open the door, he's not going to break down your, your he gonna, it's his house. He want to live in it. Now watch this. 2,000 years ago, he put blood over the whole house on his side. Then the blood is on the outside of the door. He put the blood on the outside of the door because he have to have the blood before he can go in. But then he got you on the inside who won't let him in. He washed the, the door. The blood is on the doorpost, but you won't let him in. You keep procrastinating. Been hurt so much. Child, I've been through so much. Now watch this, what the rest of us said. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, he's not talking to the body of Christ, he's talking about any man, anybody, because he paid for everybody. If you hear my voice, open the door. I will come in to him. He talked to the soul man. Soul man, I know you're behind that door. But if you open that door, I'll come into you. And I'll change your life forever. I'll be the God that you want me to be. I'll be everything you lacking. I'll come in, I'll suck with you. Suck means fellowship, and you'll fellowship with me. That's what God wants. Now look at Luke 12. I, 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 I'm going to do it at the second service. That's my wife. So she got all my notes about the, about the Holy Ghost. That's second service. Now, I'm going to do this here. Let your lungs be girded about and your light shining. Now, he's talking to the church in the old covenant, the church of God. Remember, he's called them lights too. Told him, let the light be shining. Next verse, I'm waiting up. And you yourself likewise unto men, and you yourself like unto men that wait for the Lord. See, I know it's not us. It's just read the Bible, tell you. You ain't waiting for nobody. If it is, I'm hoping it ain't me. He ain't waiting for nobody. They waited for the Lord. When he will return. He said, you, he talked to Israel. He said, you are like unto men that wait for their Lord. Excuse me. When he returned from the wedding. See, I know it's not you. Because he didn't come back to Israel until he left the wedding. You get that later. That when he cometh, when he cometh, what the next thing he gonna do? And knock it. He gonna come, he gonna knock Israel. Once he rose from the dead, he come back to your house. 
going to come to your house, he's going to knock. What do Israel supposed to do? They supposed to open to him immediately. I'm not hearing you participate. I don't want you to just hear him. He said, open the door when? Immediately. So if I bring all of that into a revelation of the new covenant, to hear, the, to hear is the first thing he wants you to do. But to open is to believe. See, if you know how to take notes, you know what notes to write down. But, but when do you supposed to believe? So in the new covenant, it told you to slow to speak, slow to wrath, but you are quick to believe. Now, why people do not get what God has for your life? See, they don't believe God, but they don't want to believe him as God. Now, if you're talking to Pastor Sister Crump, and I tell you something, you can sit around like, uh, well, 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 I'm not going to be too happy. Because when you don't believe somebody, you speak about their credibility. So if I was somebody who my word was no good, I can understand you questioning me. See, I'm ministering to you, but you don't know I have the Spirit of God to understand the people I minister to that so many of them don't believe because I feel that spirit of unbelief. See, once... Once somebody believes something, they pulls it out of your spirit. See, I'm not even talking my notes on you yet. Let's go to Luke, I mean, Acts chapter 3. See, this is one of the reasons why so many things your pastor have been through and gone through, but he's not telling everybody. Because first of all, People who don't believe God can hinder God in your life. Or they can have an unbelieving spirit in your presence. If you notice, as your pastor, out of every year I pastored this church, I never told you my message before I preached it. Y'all don't know, y'all don't know too much about your pastor. You never heard me tell you my message before I walk right there. I love my wife. I don't tell my wife what I'm going to preach until I walk up there. She live with me. I was doing radio. We used to do radio, WWON, 11.60 a.m., about eight years up in uh, Holly. And the guy said, what you want me at that time, we was in out of town, Connecticut, uh, someplace, Carolina, someplace we were out ministering. The man came and said, hey, man, I want to get my tapes ready for me. I want to get all my tapes ready for the night. What, what's going to be your message? I said, sir, I love you, but I tell nobody my message before I'm ready behind the pulpit. Because what God gave me is for the church. And I don't give nobody samples. See, the word is put in your heart and it's like fire. And you got to keep the door closed. So when you get ready to minister the word, the minister the word is as hot as God gave it to you. Because every time you start talking about the word, you are releasing the energy of the word. And some of y'all, you don't realize by the time you get to where you're supposed to go, you'll burn out. <laughs> what he said, what was he said? <sighs> you'll burn out. You can preach your message for the last five days. But if you hold it, God will keep it. And when it would hit the hearts of the people it belonged to, it would do the job. Okay, here I go. Now, once again, you got to know your, your responsibility. I can't say it enough. 
if you don't stay with these principles, you can't get what God has. You in Luke chapter 3 yet? Not Luke 3, Acts. I'm all over the place. I get to my message out the while. And verse number 1. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go. Now Peter and John went together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, just say it was 9 o'clock in the morning, okay? A certain man was lame from his mother's womb, was carried. They laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, and he was going to be there to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. So they set him on the temple steps. And everybody come by, he would just have his little cup out, asking for alms. Who seeing Peter and John to go into the temple, he asked them alms. Peter fastened his eyes on him, and John said to him, John said to him, John said to him, Peter said to him, with John, look on us. Now Peter said to him, look on us, just look up. And the man gave heed to them expecting to receive something of them. Peter said to them, silver and gold have I none. See, you're asking for what you don't, you don't need. You're laying at the gate called beautiful. You can't walk. You can't even stand up. Somebody had to bring you here and shit, and you asking for money. First of all, you don't even know what you're asking for. So he said, I don't have that. But I do have what you need. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The Bible says, and he took him by his right hand, lifted him up, hit that water immediately, and immediately his feet and anchor bone received strength. He leaped up, stood and walked and enter in with them into the temple. He didn't go from there to get him a drink, to the bar, to be with other guys. No, he went with them into the temple. Leaping and praising God, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. They knew that it was the man which sat at arms at the beautiful gate of the temple, they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Now let's go back. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's go to Luke 12, 35. I showed you that, didn't I? Did I finish that? Luke 12. I think I started and I didn't finish. But these people said knock. Now I show you about the knocking. Luke chapter 12, that's not the thing. The thing is, did I finish? What I want to show you here, and in Luke 12, 35, these people were called servants. In Luke 12, 35, let your lungs be gutted about with truth and your light burning. And you yourselves as men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open up immediately. Open up, did they word again, immediately. Bust are those. So that means that I'm getting ready to take you where I wasn't intending to take you, but I'm looking like I'm going to have to take you there now anyway. Because I want to show you something very important. In the Gospel of St. Luke, I'm going to go there just a moment. I'm in Luke, but, but I'm going to back up. I'm going to tell you where I'm going to go when I finish reading this. Because I want to show you something. This, this is when John the Baptist. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 13 
through 25. So that's what behind the screen. All right? We'll do that next. Luke chapter 12 is where I'm now. Blessed are those servants. That's where we're at. Verse 37. That's what we're waiting on. Luke 12, 37. There you go. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Automatically, you know that can't be you. Why? Because you are not servants in the new covenant. All right? I'll go to that in just a moment. Just remember that. You got to hear a term. You got to know it's not you. You're not servants. I say to you that he shall gird and himself. He shall gird himself, make them sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. Now, we know that's only going to happen by the Holy Spirit. If he come in the second watch and come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, have not suffered his house, his house, once again his house, to be broken. Be ye therefore ready for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. Once again, I say to this church, that's not us. We are not here waiting for the coming of the Lord. You got that mentality, you have a problem hearing and believing. Let's move on, because I'm not going to keep fussing about that. I'm going to somewhere. All right. Now, I want to take you to one other place. I gave you the scripture where I'm going. Luke chapter 1, verse 13 is what I said, right? And from here, I'm going to go to Galatia. See, when I ask you something, give me everything that I gave you. Luke chapter 1 and verse 13 through 25, all right? Now, from there, we're going to go to Galatia 4, 1 through 9. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the people behind the screen, so they should have a pencil and a paper. Write that down. All right, Luke chapter 1, here we go. Now, I'm reading all of this because I want you to see something. Here's God. He has a man that he want to do a miracle through. His problem is he's hard to hear and he's hard to believe. But he want to do a miracle through him because he needs the baby to come through his wife. But he got to get his approval because he's the man of the house. It's like the soul man in the house. God can't do nothing in the house without the soul man. Believing is for what man? The soul man. So if you keep a note, you need to write that down. Believing is for the soul man. He's the one who let the spirit do what he want to do in your life. So when your soul refuses to believe God, it keeps the Holy Spirit, who, who is God, in your house from operating in your life. God does nothing without your soul approval. Jesus says, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. But it's only with God you can believe. Because he said, with God, all things are possible. What happens if you, without God? See, people need to come to the realization, I don't care how long you've been in church, when you can't believe, you are not a believer. The only reason you can believe, you are a, a believer. So if it's hard for you to believe, it's probably because you are not a believer. See, I don't have to work. I can give my daughter the mic right now and just put Josh on the keyboard, he can start hitting the beat, and she'll pick it up. No, 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 they gone. Throw some drums in a, in a drummer hand, they gone. That's what they do. So when you're a believer, he gave you faith so you can do what? Believe, but it's to believe the word. 
Now, this is where we get off track at. He didn't give you faith to believe is the virus from God or not. See, we want to, we will, no, I, I, I ain't receiving that. Praise God. Because I walk by faith. I got, faith is to believe the word. It's to believe God. So if you believe God, why are you afraid of the virus? Now you can sit here and talk about all this other stuff, but it really is fear. You can say what you want to say, that's all it is. Because if it wasn't that needle, you'd been all right. If they gave you a piece of wafer, what? No, I'm coming. No, I thought like, you always know, we all know, we don't, we don't have to play that with nobody. You just stop playing that. We already know what's going on. That man gave you a wafer and drop a little drop on it. We did it in school. One time they came around with them booster shots. We were sick two days. Then they come around one time with a little wafer. They put a little, little stuff on this. He said, okay, yeah, put in your tongue. I'm like, yeah, I'm all right with that. Like, that ain't hurt. No health or nothing. Mm. Same effect. That's why they come with a lot of medicine where you can just take your pill or something. You can take your little drop and something. You're fine. Because if you know really what was in it, you wouldn't take it. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 1. God want to do a miracle. But he got to get a man who to believe. Huh. Let's see, does he have the right guy here? Verse 13, the angel said to him, Fear not, the first word. Fear not, Zechariah, your prayer been heard. Your prayer been heard. Yeah, your wife Elizabeth bear the, shall bear you a son, and thou shalt call his name John. God has heard your prayer. Here we go. And you shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Yeah, yeah, praise God, hallelujah. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. It shall be, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he's going to go out before him in spirit, power, reliance, He's going to turn the hearts of the father to the children. And he's going to turn their disobedience to the wisdom of the just. He's going to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now this is what John's going to do. That's why you heard him say what he said in his testimony. A people prepared for the Lord. And then in verse number 18, Lord, I hope I didn't have to get here. But in verse 18, he said, Zechariah said, now here God sent somebody all the way from heaven dressed, listen, he all the way from heaven, he's not even human, he's nothing but light in front of you talking. You know it's God, because he told him, that's Gabriel right there. He told him, I'm Gabriel, I'm God. God sent me, I'm God's messenger to y'all. You know what he says? Here's his answer. Whereby shall I know this? Now, what is he really saying? You got to give me a sign. Now, here's somebody showed up in your life. He's glittering, see through him. And he said, I just left God, and this is what God told me to tell you. Well, just a minute. How do I know you heard from God? How do I know that Bible you preach is from God? Watch what God going to do to him. God don't waste too much time with folk like this. I'm telling you, you people, people don't know why God can't, that's why God can't use them. They're hard to believe. That's the spirit they had when they came out of Egypt. And God wants to do a miracle in their life. Take them over to their promised land and only two people believe God. And the rest of them, they were hard to believe. I'm going to show you in the new covenant that same thing happened. This is why God can't work in people's life. I hope I can not embarrass this young lady here, but, but this young lady here right here, your daughter. Now, God gave you your miracle when you came here. Yeah, you. He looked at me. Me? 
God gave her a miracle. I, I, I'm going to say you was at the, hospital, at the general hospital and you was on this side, on the east side of the building. I came around down at the end pretty much, came around to your room. And when I went to her room, when I saw her, I'm going like, whoa. She's going to need a miracle from God to stay alive. The doctor's going to send you home. Couldn't do you no more good. I said to her family, is there any way possible you can have her at church tomorrow? Now, I know that's asking a lot because she can't stand up. I said, but I, can you just bring her to church tomorrow? I said, will you come with him to church tomorrow? Uh huh. She came in here, she couldn't even stay in service. They had to drag her. I saw both of her feet dragging. The, they, they had, you know, when her and AC hook up on each arm, she, she going out of here. That's where they were back there. I said, oh, ho, 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 don't take her out of here. Bring her up here. Stand up on your feet, mother. This is the woman here. How many times have you driven? How many times have you driven home? Now, see, me, this is my homegirl here. She from, she from Arkansas, right across the bridge from me. How many times have you driven home? She, look, she gets in her car. Do y'all, before she was leaving, y'all wouldn't. Yeah, thank you, mother. But now she's going, Mom, you know, you ain't driving down there by, we talking about Mississippi, you don't remember Mississippi to a thousand miles? She gone, gone to Arkansas. I live in Greenville, she passed right by me, she going right across the bridge, doesn't she? I said, she's got to be kidding. She's passing around. She's gone to Arkansas. Been down there a lot of times. Her girls go down there. But see, God gave her a miracle. <laughs> now, her daughter beside her was at the church what day last week? Wednesday. I'm in my office. Here come her daughter. I don't want to describe her because she walks so bad, I'm going like, what in the world? I'm thinking she fell out of the, somebody in a car, a truck, they just pushed her out. She walked up in there, she, and my life, that girl, I, I had told Jimmy, I said, bring her in here. She said, bring her over to your office? I said, yeah, have her walk down here. She come in the door. I said, girl, what's wrong? She, oh, 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 oh. Oh. Had, her, had her back up against the seat. I, I said, can't you raise your back up from the seat a little bit? She's going like, you're going to do fun nights. You, you already know I'm hurting. I'm a lion. She, she raised her back up. I said, right, that's good. I just laid my hands on her. She's a witness right there. And the power of God touched her. And I, I know, I, I can tell because she started just going on over. Then after that, she been on over, touched her, touched her feet, touched her toe, got up. Whoo, whoo. And now I got, I got to get rid of her. <laughs> stand, stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. Come on, thank God. I, now, now, when that girl came to my office, when she came to my office, she was on her way to the doctor's office to get some kind of shot. A collagen, because she couldn't, she, she just couldn't handle it. I said, well, you ain't going to have to need no cortisone if you come up in here. Amen. You already know what God get ready to do. I'm making a point. I'm making a point. Why would God do that for me? He no respect to persons. You have to do two things with God. What is your, what it is? You got, I want you to get the, you got to write, you got to hear his voice and you got to be, obey, which is to believe. God, no respect of person. I've seen it happen all over my life. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen all everywhere. I've seen it happen. My homegirl right here, she always talk about, yeah, but Reverend, it'd be bad, Reverend. I don't know. There ain't nothing going to happen to you. God sent you here. Why you think he sent you here? You still here? 
Out of everything she go through, she said, she told me for Easter. This is what she told me for Easter. She said, I want to know why you ain't over that church. <laughs> this one right here with the green. That's my homegirl from O'Bannon High School, Greenway, O'Bannon Greenway. Got that green on it. Hey, she said, I want to know why you ain't open up that church. It's been over a year. I said, Mother, you know I'm going to do it, but you know I got to hear God. Yeah, I know you got to hear God. Then she told me, she said, now it's Easter. I got my hat. I got my dress. You know what she told me? I got my outfit. When you go over to that church. <laughs> I love the people I pastor. But I, I want you to hear this guy. I want you to hear this guy here. Watch this. We, we're in the Gospel of St. John, I'm St. Lucas, chapter 1, and we at verse 18. Here we go. Zechariah said to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? I'm an old man. God didn't tell you you got to be an old woman because you're going to get a miracle. I'm an old man. My wife is also well stricken in years. We both old. And the angel answered and said to him, Listen, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I'm sent to speak to you and to show you these glad tidings. And that's it. Here he's come from God. He comes to speak the word of God to the people of God. And yet people say, well, no. Uh, what, what did the angel say next? Read the next verse. And the angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel. I just gave you that verse, the next one. And behold, you shall be dumb and not able to speak. Why? Why? God sent somebody in your life to tell you what God said, and you got to figure it out. Well, no. How do I suppose to know that's God or not? Well, is the man a man of God? Why would you sit yourself up in a church where the man is not a man of God? That's why you don't believe nothing he said. You don't think he's a man of God. If I knew that was Gabriel, I wouldn't have no question. Hey, Gabe. Whatever you want to tell me, man, I'm here. <laughs> I ain't got no time to question. You came from God, I can tell. Like that outfit you got on, too. Let's see what Gabriel said to him. You shall be dumb, not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because you did not one thing. That's why you didn't believe the word. Procrastinator. God want to do a miracle through you. And he got a problem with your soul. Your soul don't believe. You got a problem with your soul. Your soul don't believe. Soul don't believe God. So God can't even do what he want to do. We only got three minutes, the service is over. Isn't that something? Because you didn't believe my words. You're going to be dumb. You're not going to be able to talk no more. I don't want to hear nothing else out your mouth until this is done. I don't want to hear nothing else out of your mouth. Shut up. I come here to do a miracle from God. Come here to give it to you. Your son at your old age, you're going to have a child, you and your wife, and a problem I got with you is you can't believe. You all about, I'm an old man. How old? My wife old too. How long is going to happen? Shut up.
That's why people don't get stuff done. They don't want to accept that they have a problem believing God. When you are a person who believes God, let me, give you, let me give you a few words what it means to believe God. Of course, you know where I'm coming next service. Full throttle. To believe God means to rest on him. God Almighty. To believe God means to rest in him and what he said. When you believe God's word, you can lay on his word and see what you're doing. I had a person tell me, I'm going to tell you, Pastor Crump, I'm going to tell you why I didn't get that, that COVID shot. Because I heard, see where you're going? Somebody got to him. Somebody got to him. That's why I started off my teaching with Paul said, follow me. Somebody got to him. You know what his answer was? I believe that's how folks going to get that 666. They take that shot, going to change their nature. You ought to be glad I'm in church because I will ask you a question. How's a man going to give you a shot and change your nature? You got a degree, and you don't know only God can change your nature. Yeah, but that, that's, how they, that's how them people getting them 666. That's the mark of the beast. You got people who will go to Disney World, but they will not go to Disney World because to get inside, they're going to have to uh, on your hand. That's the mark. How I know that ain't the mark? I ain't taking that mark. You got to get settled in this church. The mark happened to Israel 2,000 years ago. Stop listening to people and listen to your pastor. Listen, I can't go over on television. My time is up. I thank you for yours. First Corinthians chapter 15. And then I'm going to turn this over to my wife. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. For, for those on television. See, I'm ministering to TV. We'll be back in the house just a moment. First Corinthians chapter 15, more of brethren. I declare to you the gospel which I preached, which also you have received in where you stand, by which also you are saved. It's an awesome thing to tell a man that 2,000 years ago, when Christ died on the cross, he saved them. Now, people will believe that he forgave my sins. Some will. Some will believe that God washed their sins away. Some will. Some will even believe that Christ died for their sins. Some will. But not many people will believe that Christ saved all men. Now, if you come on this side and talk about Adam, we in this mess cause Adam. We all sinners because Adam. Adam made us all unrighteous. Adam made us all sinners. But you come over here and talk about Christ. If Adam can make you a sinner and make you unrighteous, why can't Christ make you righteous? See, what happened is you're not believing God. Somebody got to you. And I pray to God, one service won't be enough for you. I know a lot of y'all ain't going to stay for a second service. I'm not here to put you down either, okay? I'm going to let you know, I'm not to put you down. I've heard people cry for a year and three months and can't stay in service two Sundays. Can't stay in two services one Sunday. 
and you're just going to go home, pull off your church clothes. Let me go on. First Corinthians 15, if you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried and that he rose again according to the Scripture, and he was seen of Cephas and of the twelve, he was seen also of above five hundred brothers at once. After that he was seen of James and all the apostles, and the last of all he was seen of me as one born out of due time. Christ died for their sins, then he was buried, and then God raised him from the dead. That's what you have to believe to be saved. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith has been opened unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.